0: us to look again, we're in the middle of this series, Love Is, and um, we're looking at 1 Corinthians 13, specifically the middle section, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verses four through eight. Let's read that again. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Um That is a great passage, and I think it's real tempting to read that and to hear it at a wedding, or to put it up on our wall, and to say, Wow, that's like that's cool, that's good, that's a good thing to to shoot for, maybe. Probably never going to happen in my life, but it's, that's, that's Bible. That's neat. That's inspiring. It is really possible to live like this. In, in fact, God expects us as his followers to live like, to, to love like this. I, I mean, as you submit yourself to him and as you allow the Holy Spirit to invade your life, he changes you and, and it makes it possible that we can be patient in our love for other people, that we can be kind, that, that, that we don't have to do all those uh, selfish things like we talked about last week, envy and, and pride and, and dishonoring and self-seeking and all of those things It is, it is possible to, uh, to love like this I'm not saying that it comes naturally I'm not saying that it's easy But God wants to transform your life and my life So that you can love like this Really Seriously I'm not just saying that because I'm the preacher It's possible It's expected And if it's not happening Then there's something going on In your relationship with God That needs to be addressed Love is And today It's not going to get any easier Okay Uh, We come to the end of verse 15 And there's two more attributes there That aren't usually lived out all that well You see it highlighted up there Love is not easily angered And it keeps no record of wrongs Two little brothers, Harry and James, were, they just finished supper and they were playing until bedtime and and somehow uh, Harry hit James with a stick and and tears and bitter words followed and charges and accusations were still being lobbed at each other as as their mom was getting them ready for bed and, and she, she uh, intervened and she said, now boys, what would happen if either of you died tonight and you never had the opportunity to forgive one another? See, back in the day, uh, parenting was a little bit harsher than, than it is now. Seems a little bit extreme. But she said what if you died tonight and you couldn't forgive each other And James says okay I'll forgive him tonight But if we're both still alive in the morning he'd better look out There was a mother who was trying to calm her daughter down and said Now Sarah your brother said he was sorry when he broke your doll Uh, I hope you'll forgive him And Sarah says "All right, But I'd feel more like forgiving him if I could swat him one first Anybody been there? (laughs) You don't have to. All right, I'll just assume that that you're just afraid to raise your hand. Maybe I'm the only one that's ever felt uh, that, that I'm easily angered and I hold grudges. I don't know. Love doesn't do that, it says. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. I don't know if you've noticed on this list, there's what, 15, 16 things on this list of what love is, uh, and they're kind of connected and intertwined and, and some of them affect each other. Uh, like, like, uh, if you're patient, which we talked about several weeks ago, if, if you're patient, then you're, it's gonna be, you're not gonna be as easily angered, right? So, so if you go back and, and you work on patience, you'll be cutting deep into your anger issues. I think those, those things are, are intimate, intimately related. Uh, but these two things here at the end of verse 15, uh, not easily angered, uh, keep no record of wrongs, they, they, they touch on what is perhaps the ultimate test of love. How do I respond when someone hurts me? Right, that's what we're talking about here. Somebody hurts me, somebody does something, I've been wronged, doggone it. How do I do, well, usually we react in anger or we hold a grudge against them and, and we're, you know, er, uh, right, how do I respond when people hurt me? 1 Corinthians 13:5 says that real love isn't easily angered, and it doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Love, when someone hurts me, love forgives. One of, those, one of the most powerful ways one of the most powerful ways that we can love people to life is by forgiving them. In fact, the person that God might be wanting you to reach just may be the person that you need to forgive. Let that bounce around in your head for the rest of your life, (laughs) the rest of the day. Who God wants you to forgive might be the primary person he wants you to reach. He wants to reach through you so today we're going to talk about forgiveness that I think is is entwined in this issue of, of not being easily angered and, and not keeping a record of wrongs and and uh, obviously it's all about love and what love is well love is uh, forgiveness love is forgiving and so we're going to talk about why we should forgive then we're going to talk about uh, what forgiveness looks like and then we're also going to talk about what forgiveness doesn't look like or what forgiveness is not because I think we, we we get these things uh, blurred a little bit and we need to uh, need to kind of focus in a little bit so why should we forgive no, number one is the the most self-serving of of all of these reasons, unforgiveness hurts me. Unforgiveness hurts me. If I refuse to forgive, it's actually hurting me. Uh, When we hold on to bitterness and anger and resentment, when we hold a grudge, when we keep a record of wrongs, uh, usually it hurts ourselves so much more than the other person. Hebrews 12, 15, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile Many. Now, you've, you've probably been there. I think we all have. Someone said or did something, and you didn't like it, and you held it against them, and maybe you've had those imaginary conversations uh, between you and them in your head, and they never really leave your head, but, but you really got them good in that conversation, right? And they just go over and over, and, and, uh, and, and unforgiveness, anger, grudges, they end up tearing us up inside a whole lot more than doing anything to the other person. Most of the time, the, that other person doesn't even know that it's, it's tearing you up. I think it was Anne Lamott who said once, and you've probably heard it quoted in some way before, harboring bitterness is a little like drinking poison and then waiting for the other person to die, right? We, uh, we're harboring bitterness and we think that's going to cause something because we're really holding it against them. Uh, really, it's just going to do damage to me. Lewis Smeeds once wrote, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that that prisoner was you. So we start with a pretty self-serving reason why we should forgive. It's good for you. Uh, forgiveness is good for you more than any of the. Uh, uh, set aside for a minute all the other good things we're going to talk about that come from forgiveness. It, it's good for you. Uh, uh, it, it it hurts. Unforgiveness hurts you. The the second thing why we should forgive. Unforgiveness hurts your relationship with God. How we get along with the people in our lives affects how we're getting along with God. It's connected. In Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, Paul warns that unresolved anger between God's people can can give a, give the devil a foothold, it says. Um, it, it means that, that he's hanging on right there, right? And, and he, can, he can get in because we've, we've given him that, that, uh, that, that place to hold on in our lives. And Jesus warned about this in, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew 5, uh, 23 and 24. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar and go First go and be reconciled to them and then come and offer your gift. We're not even supposed to continue to worship God until we've worked things out with each other. I spend uh, a whole lot of time talking about this, but your relationship, how you are in your relationships with other people affects how your relationship is with God. Unforgiveness hurts your relationship with God. Another reason why we should forgive is that it's a command. It's not a suggestion. In scripture, over and over again, we're commanded to forgive. God says, do it. He doesn't say, do it if you feel like it. He, says, uh, he doesn't say, do it on a Thursday uh, and only on a Thursday. He says, do it. Uh, Colossians 3.13, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Uh, Ephesians 4.32, forgiving one another just as in Christ God forgave you. Luke 6.37, forgive and you will be forgiven god expects you to forgive it's funny how how the the people of god the church over the years we've we've adopted certain sins that we really stand against and others we tend to kind of give ourselves a pass on i mean we we might look down our noses at the people who struggle with certain outward vices right and we say well we don't do that (laughs) we're we're holy we don't we don't do that but then we gossip about the people that do do that, right? Or we, uh, we get angry at each other or we harbor bitterness and unforgiveness and we hold grudges. And God hates all sin. And unforgiveness is something that he expects us to get rid of. He says, forgive. Forgiveness isn't a suggestion. Hey, you might want to, if you think about it, you might, he says, do it. Forgiveness is a command. The fourth thing, why should I be forgive why should I forgive it's that I've been forgiven maybe this is the most compelling reason of all Colossians 3 13 uh tells us uh to bear with one another and forgive one another uh if if somebody has something against us and then it says this forgive as the Lord forgave you anybody anybody here ever needed to be forgiven before you're allowed to testify. No, I mean, you don't have to tell me what it was. That, no, just, um, so uh, the four of us that raised our hands, we, this applies to us, and the rest of you are great. That's awesome. Tell me later how you do it. If you ever needed to be forgiven, if you, have, you ever, uh, have you ever sinned, anybody? Yeah, well, scripture says we all have, right? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory. Wait. Have you ever had to ask somebody to forgive you for something? Yeah, right? Today, no, <laughs> um, uh, or maybe you should today. No, I'm just, if we've ever needed to be forgiven, we know what it's like, and so we should be extending forgiveness. Here's, here's the principle that I think is true uh, all across time and culture and everything else. Forgiven people forgive. Forgive. If I've been forgiven, if I've accepted forgiveness, especially if I've accepted the forgiveness of God, if I've realized uh, the the, the gravity of my sin and and what it cost for God, if I recognize that and I accept his forgiveness into my life, then it's going to result in forgiving other people in my life. God's uh, forgiveness for us Uh, well sin has grieved his heart so much but instead of holding our sin against us he provided for our salvation in Jesus Christ It, it, it cost him the life of his son and I think if we begin to recognize the gravity of that we'll be well on our way to expressing forgiveness to others because forgiven people forgive so forgive, do it because it's good for you do it because it's good for your relationship with God. Do it because God commands it. Do it because you have been forgiven. And we could stop right there and pray a prayer and go home and you'd, eat, you know, you'd beat the Baptist to the restaurant, right? But um, just kidding, I don't know when the Baptists get out. But um, anyway. But I think we still have this, a uh, little bit of a skewed concept many times of what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't. And uh, so I want us to look a little bit at, at, at that uh, because it's, it's just hard. I, I mean, we can't just pretend that nothing happened. Uh, and, and sometimes we think that's what forgiveness is. Uh, but I can't go on living in bitterness and resentment. So, so, so what is the framework here? What is the biblical framework here for, bibli- for, for forgiveness? What does, what does forgiveness look like? Uh, first of all, forgiveness is prayer, well, that sounds like a, a church answer, doesn't it? Everything is prayer, right? You just gotta pray a lot. Well, okay, it is a church. It's also the right answer and probably the first place to start. Jesus told us in Matthew 5, 44, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And I know that's easier said than done, but just because it's hard doesn't change what God is telling us and you probably won't feel like it. if And, and, and when I say pray for those who persecute I don't mean pray God's wrath on them, right? Sometimes we say, uh well if you pray pray for your enemy okay I'm praying that God'll get them right that's that's not what we're talking about we're we're praying for God's will in their lives I read the story of a of a man uh this week I I read it um happened a while back but this this man's brother had been uh uh well he'd been making some bad choices in his life and was dealing with the wrong crowd and and struggling with with just you know just not some great choices and poor lifestyle and, and whatever. And this man uh, prayed daily for his brother, had a list and he, his brother was at the top of the list and he prayed for him. Uh, and, uh, and, and unfortunately one day uh, the family received the news that this brother, because of some of the circles that he was in, he'd gotten himself in trouble and he'd actually been, been shot and killed, murdered. And, uh, of course, the, the, the man struggled initially to, uh, uh, to deal with all of that and to grieve that and, and, uh, and, and uh, it struggled also with, with forgiveness and bitterness and all those kinds of things. But God helped him as, as he walked through that. And long story short, this man who had kept a list of uh, his prayer requests, and his brother was at the top of the list, he erased his brother's name and he put in the name of his brother's killer and began to pray for him. I think maybe, and that's an extreme example, but maybe a great test to see if I've really forgiven someone is if I can pray for God to bless them, right? If I can really, deep down, I'm praying that God will bring good into their life. If you're beginning to see the, uh, the, 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 that past offense, uh, past the, uh, the, the offense, the offense that happened in the past, if you're looking beyond that, if you're beginning to see the person as someone that God died for, the, the sermon that, uh, the, the person that, 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 uh, that, that God loves, and you can begin to pray for them, forgiveness is a supernatural work of God, and it starts with prayer, connecting with God and allowing him to, uh, to, to change your heart and to, to pray for that person. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness is prayer. Forgiveness is also resisting revenge. Revenge seems to come pretty easily, right? We want to get them back. I've been wronged. I want to get even. A five-year-old boy was playing with his two-year-old brother, and and, uh, his two-year-old brother reached up and yanked his hair real hard, and the boy screamed in pain, and the mom came in and said, What happened? What happened? And and, uh, he said, My... uh, my brother pulled my hair, and, and the mom says, well, he's only two. He doesn't know what he's doing. He, he doesn't know what it's like to have his hair pulled. And he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he didn't mean that. They settled down, and mom left, and just, I mean, split seconds later, she hears screaming and crying again, only it's the two-year-old this time. She comes back in and, and says, what happened, what happened? And the five-year-old says, well, you said he didn't know what it felt like. Now he does. <laughs> Revenge, getting him back. Giving them what they deserve. And when we do that, those are things that we do if we are keeping a record of wrongs, right? They've wronged me, I've written that down in my mental note, whatever, I'm gonna get them back. But it never quite evens the score. There's a cost to revenge. Dale Carnegie once uh, told about a visit that when he made to, uh, to Yellowstone Park. And, and uh, during his visit, he saw a, a grizzly bear out in the center of a clearing, and he was eating some discarded camp food that uh, some campers had left. And he'd found it. And, and uh, for several uh, minutes, uh, Carnegie watched, and, and this bear was eating alone. And he could sense that there were other creatures around, but they didn't dare go in and, and barge in and try to take what this bear had claimed for himself. But after a few minutes, A skunk wandered into the meadow and went up to the food and sidled right in, right beside that bear, and started eating. And as Carnegie watched, the bear didn't do a thing. And Carnegie, Dale Carnegie, says he knew why. He says that grizzly knew the high cost of getting even, right? There's a cost to revenge. And getting even isn't our job. It's it, it's God's job. Romans 12, 19, do not take revenge, my dear friends. Leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. First uh, Thessalonians 5:15. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Resist. The urge to get revenge. Forgiving means letting go of the situation and trusting God to deal with it. Forgiveness is also granted. It's not earned. It's an important distinction. Uh, Forgiveness is a choice. It's, It's not necessarily earned or deserved. If it was deserved, it wouldn't be forgiveness. G.K. Chesterton years ago wrote, forgiveness means pardoning the unpardonable or it, is, or it is not forgiveness at all. Waiting until the other person does enough to deserve to be forgiven isn't really forgiveness. We choose to forgive even when they don't deserve it because that's how God has treated us. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And he's extended forgiveness to us before we've asked for it. We certainly haven't deserved it. Another thing that forgiveness is, is seeking peace. Forgiveness means seeking peace. Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Forgiving means that the the relationship is more important than being right or proving a point. The goal of forgiveness is to live at peace with each other. That being said, uh, please note this verse says uh, in so many words that, um, and maybe this is my own translation, but I believe it says it takes two to tango. Do you think that probably is my translation, isn't it? I don't think I found that anywhere. Uh, That's probably the message. They probably... Now, it says, as far, live it, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So here's another principle. Forgiveness of a repentant person looks different than the forgiveness of an unrepentant person. So I can forgive whether they're repentant or not, but it's gonna look a lot different than if that person is also willing to work on that relationship. And we'll look at that, uh, again, more in depth here in a few minutes. But uh, Luke 17, three and four says, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent... Forgive them. And if they sin against you seven times in a day, seven times, come back saying, I repent, you must forgive them. You see there's a note there that says they're repentant, right? If they repent, and God's forgiveness is like that too. It's offered to all of us, uh, and, and he has forgiven because of the death of Jesus, death and resurrection of Jesus. Uh, but it's only applied to those who turn from their sin in repentance and accept the gift of forgiveness. Uh, we can still forgive, as far as it depends on us, uh, for our own sake. Remember, it's, it's, it's bad for you if you don't. You're going to you know, eat yourself up with bitterness and, and holding a grudge. But, but do it for your own sake. Uh, even in the face of unrepentance, you let go of the bitterness, but there will, won't be any chance of reconciling the relationship until there is repentance and both parties come together to seek a, a mutual resolution. Forgiveness seeks peace in relationships. So that's a few characteristics, and I'm sure that forgiveness is a whole lot more than that. But uh, those are a few characteristics of what forgiveness is. I think it's also helpful to see what forgiveness is not. And the first one is that forgiveness is not minimizing the offense. Forgiveness is not just sweeping offensive behavior and sin under the carpet like it's no big deal. To do that is to cheapen forgiveness. And I think we have that concept in our minds sometimes that, that people that forgive are weak that they're not really standing up for their rights or standing up for what they deserve and, and they're, they're weak people. But, uh, forgiveness, uh, (laughs) biblical forgiveness takes so much more strength and courage, uh, and tenacity, I think, to pursue forgiveness even in the face of offense. Again, we're gonna be celebrating Easter uh, just a couple of weeks away. It's when we highlight Jesus' death and resurrection. His death on a cross is provided for our forgiveness. G- God didn't look at our sin and just say, ah, you know what, no big deal, you're good. Uh, come on, it's, it's fine. It's, uh, no, it's all right, it's okay. No, it's, I, I forgive you, it's all right. God didn't minimize our sin in any way. He saw it and did, went to the ultimate to take care of it. He didn't just minimize it. And so when we seek to love people as we forgive them, uh, there's still an acknowledgement of the wrong that occurred. It's, it's not just no big deal, it is a big deal. Uh, true love and forgiveness is, acknowledges the full extent of what has been done to us and says, and this is the important thing, it says, I forgive you anyway. Not, I'm gonna try to forget about this. It's, I forgive you Anyway, I see the full brunt of what you have done And I'm choosing to forgive you anyway That's so much more powerful than just minimizing what's been done Forgiveness is not minimizing the offense Forgiveness is also not the absence of consequences We always try to instill in our kids uh, One thing that we said um, over and over again Is that actions have consequences uh, actions have consequences You do something, there's, there's going to be something You do good things, good things are going to uh, come from it You do bad things, bad things Actions have consequences uh, I can I can forgive somebody But there still might be some short term or long term uh, Effects to that relationship uh, One great example I think is Adam and Eve in the Bible I mean the the very first sin God forgave them but he didn't just ever okay, well,'ll go back to normal back to the way we were before. He, I mean, they were banished from the garden, right? Uh, sin entered into humanity, and it's living in us as, as we're born uh, to this day. Uh, there were consequences. The relationship was restored, but it wasn't like it had been before. Actions have consequences, and we can extend forgiveness, but there may still be consequences. Now, I'm not saying that, 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 uh, that, that it can't be restored completely and maybe even, even deeper than it was before, but, but at, at other times, I think we get caught up on this and we say, well, uh, I'm just letting them off the hook, and maybe you are, or maybe you need to recognize, I forgive you, but we're going to have to work on this for a little bit here for a while. Some, some sinful choices are relationship altering And it will never be the same I, I don't have to wish you ill I forgive you But trust has been broken And, and I think this plays into the next one Forgiveness is not forgetfulness And I, I think we, we, uh, we don't forgive Because we think forgiveness means we have to forget Contrary to what you might have heard God does not forget your sin. Uh, the words and, and in Scripture several times it says God remembers our sins no more. But if you look at the uh, original language, it, it it doesn't mean that He forgets about it. God is not senile. <laughs> God is not forgetting about it. Uh, he is treating us or not counting our sin against us. That is the the meaning of that phrase. And we've we've translated that His He remembers it. In other words, He He remembers our, our He doesn't remember it against us. He treats us as if it hasn't happened. It's it, we're not accountable for it. And that's the same meaning in First Corinthians thirteen five when it says that we keep no record of wrongs. Now I hope you're not writing down the things that people are writing them down in a book, uh, and uh, that's that's you know one aspect I guess we comes to mind in keeping a record of wrongs. But it doesn't mean that we forget it. It does mean that we don't hold it against someone, um, since we can't forget an offense. We think we can't forgive the offense, but you're not always going to forget. And sometimes you shouldn't forget. Sometimes it is a relationship-altering thing. We need to be wise, and that spills into the next one. Uh, Forgiveness is not resuming the relationship without changes. Many times there's going to be some changes that need to happen. Sometimes we don't forgive because we think it means going back to the way things were. Oh, I just can't. I can't go back to the way it was, so I can't forgive. And then we let it eat, eat us up inside. And we, uh, forgiveness is a whole lot, uh, it's, it's different than trust. Forgiveness is a, is a choice to be granted. Trust is built and earned over time. Trust can be lost in an instant, but it takes time to rebuild. Pastor Rick Warren at Saddleback Church says that that restoring a relationship takes much more than just forgiveness. Our role is to forgive if we've been wronged. Uh, It's it's the other person's role to demonstrate genuine repentance, to make restitution, and to prove that they've changed, and that takes time, right? Uh, uh, Forgiveness is not simply going back to the way the relationship was before. Uh, Forgiveness is a grace that is granted. Trust is earned over time. We need to make that to say. I think that's important. Sometimes also we think that forgiveness is a one-time thing, that I can just forgive and now I'm done and can move on, but, but forgiveness is not a one-time act. Matthew 18, 21 and 22, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Jewish law at the time uh, stated that, uh, that it was the magnanimous, holy thing to do to forgive someone three times. That was a stretch for many people, because most people didn't want to forgive anybody at all, but maybe I'll forgive you once, and uh, but if you do it again, boy, I'm coming at you. The, uh, the Jewish law said three times, uh, you, just, you keep, keep, uh, keep on forgiving Peter thought he was being, uh, being really holy, and he thought he'd double it and add one, right? And is it going to be seven times? Plus, he probably heard Jesus say seven a lot and thought that was a cool number. And so, uh, so it, should I forgive up to seven times? Because, and then, you know, he maybe smiled and it went a little ding, you know, because he was holy. And, and Jesus says, nope, not seven times, 77 times. Or some translations, maybe you're reading it, it uh, can be translated 70 times seven. And for those of you that love math, that's 490. 490 times. So that means either at 78 or at 491, we can sock it to them, right? That's what we're, you know, Peter would have understood that to mean, whether it was 77 or 70 times seven. Either way, Peter would have realized that this was an incredulous number and Jesus is talking figuratively. You just keep on forgiving. And when they when they do it again, you keep on forgiving, and and, and you forgive, and you forgive, and then you keep on forgiving. And, and it's not about the math; it's about the relationship. It's about forgiveness. We love people to life when we forgive. Yeah. Of course, in in prepping for a uh, a message. I look at a bunch of stuff throughout the week and read stories and and uh, articles and and uh, commentaries and all those sorts of things and and and, uh, and just in life in general, I read and hear and watch on the news or whatever people uh, who are forgiving people in the face of of uh, just terrible wrongs right and uh, and uh, we, we talked about it today the one guy who forgave his brother 's killer and and uh, you hear about it and when, when i, I Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I just want to be transparent with you. Um, my first thought when I hear those stories, uh, I forgive them. And my first thought is, really? I mean, do you really forgive them? I, it's a good thing to say, news, news you know, a little bite on the, uh, sound bite on the news. but And, and then, I mean, just being real. One thing that tends to go through my mind from time to time is, good thing I'm not in that position because I'm not sure I could do that. But I am in that position. And so are you. People have wronged us. They mistreat you, they hurt you. Maybe it's not that they killed your brother, but maybe it's something else and it happens. And and forgiveness has to be a natural part of our lives. I, I want you to hear today, I want me to hear today, that lashing out in anger and holding on to wrongs is not love. It might feel good at the time, it might be what comes naturally or what bubbles to the surface, but it's not reflecting the love of God. Just doing what comes naturally, I mean, that, isn't that kind of the point that we don't, when we, when we come to faith in God and when the Holy Spirit is living within us, we're not gonna do what comes naturally, we're gonna do what comes supernaturally, right? And so we're gonna, we're gonna grab that that comes naturally and say, you know what, this doesn't match up with what I read in scripture and so we're gonna try to push that off to the side and allow the Holy Spirit to come through and allow him to help us forgive even in the face of things that seem unforgivable. <laughs> Because it's good for you. And it's good for your relationship with God. (laughs) And because you've been forgiven. I ran across a, uh, I guess you'd call it a reading. Just entitled Forgiveness. And and, and I want to read it today. It says, Forgiveness. If you don't have it, you need it. If you do have it, you need more of it. You withhold it but you shouldn't. If you fake it, might as well forget it. To get it, you have to give it. (laughs) You may think you don't need it now, but you do. Pretty soon, you'll be begging for it. Not that that's a requirement, because you can get it without asking for it, and you can give it without being asked. Sometimes, it's the hardest thing you'll do, but when you do, it's worth it, because we need to give it as much as we need it ourselves. After all, he gives it to us. Forgiveness, it's everything. We, we live to love people to life. I hope you're getting sick of me saying that. I don't care. We live to love people to life. One way that that, what, one way that, that love looks, how that love looks, is forgiveness. That's hard And we've been wronged And we deserve better And And we've been forgiven So we need to forgive And the person That God might want you to love To life right now Could very well be The person that he needs you to forgive And Lord in the quiet Of this moment as we come to you We offer our lives Ourselves, our hearts, our souls we need you because this is some supernatural stuff we're talking about. This kind of love doesn't come naturally. A love that is wronged and forgives anyway. A love that, that, that doesn't burst out in, in anger. A, a love that doesn't keep a record of the ways we've been harmed. Lord, I don't know what's going on in, uh, in people's relationships right now, but, but I pray that one characteristic of our love could be the supernatural forgiveness that you provide. That as far as it depends on us, we can live at peace with each other, with the people in our lives. Lord, we thank you for the gift that you have given us, the gift of forgiveness that's beyond comprehension, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here today who needs to step into that forgiveness and accept it for their lives, that they would do that right now that they would say, I want to be forgiven. I want to accept the gift of God's grace in my life. And Lord, for, uh, for all of us here today, no matter where we are on our spiritual journey, I pray that you would help us to step into what it means to forgive. We can't do it on our own, and we ask for your spirit to do it in us and through us. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the opportunities that you bring our way uh, to, uh, to bring blessing into the world, the opportunities that you bring our way to grow deeper with you. And Lord, I pray that as we walk through this week, we would do it focused on you, rejoicing in who you are and what you're doing in and through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.